This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman, a prisoner of a man who seeks his complete destruction, seems hopelessly doomed as the police and his friends seek vainly to find him. Hurry, hurry, hurry. All you fellows and girls, get your dime ready and get ready to be surprised. Don't let this weekend go by without sending for the genuine army money belt Kellogg's Pep has for you. This is the real thing, same as the G.I.'s war, and it's something that you don't want to miss. It's terrific. It has three secret compartments to carry your secret paper. No chance of anybody finding out what you've got in those three secret pockets, because there's a special flap that pulls over on the inside, hides them so you're the only one who knows what's there. You can wear it under your coat or your jacket or on the outside. It's exactly the same money belt G.I.'s war, the genuine army article in real khaki color with a full-size buckle, adjustable so it's sure to fit any size waist. Don't miss out. Send for yours today. Although G.I.'s paid a dollar for theirs, you get yours for only ten cents and one box top from a package of those crisp Polby Flakes Kellogg's Pep. Mail your orders to Superman, Box 251, Battle Creek, Michigan. I'll repeat that for you. Mail one dime and one box top from a package of Kellogg's Pet to Superman, Box 251, Battle Creek, Michigan. This offer is limited to the United States. Today, right now, send for your genuine army belt with the three secret compartments. And every day, eat the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman was caused to lose his memory through the use of liquefied kryptonite fed to him by Big George Latimer, he became a sensational baseball pitcher under the assumed name of Bud Smith. But fearing he might recover his memory and extract vengeance, Latimer engineered a daring abduction of the famous pitcher and took him to the home of Dr. Marsh, a former German concentration camp physician. There, Marsh resumed the forced feeding of kryptonite to the man of steel and promised that in 24 hours he would be a mental and physical wreck. Meanwhile, suspecting that Smith was Clark Kent, the missing newspaper reporter, and that he was in Latimer's hands, Batman Robin and private detective Candy Myers vainly searched the politician's home. 
As we continue now, having left Candy to watch Latimer's house, Batman and Robin are driving through the dark, deserted streets of Metropolis in their Batmobile. It is just before dawn. Listen. Where to now, Batman? We're going to circulate around in the underworld, Robin. The underworld? Uh-huh. What for? We'll never find Latimer there. I don't expect to, but... He lives like a plushy millionaire. Big estate, butlers, ritzy clubs and restaurants, all that sort of thing. Right. But you don't think he took Clark Kent or Bud Smith to a ritzy club or restaurant, do you, with every police officer in town looking for Smith? Well, no, of course not. But you think Latimer took Bud Smith to some dive in the underworld, huh? Maybe. But this much is certain. Latimer employs gangsters and gunmen to do his dirty work. And most of those rats hang out in the underworld. Check. Well, we know our way around there. I'm hoping that one of those joints we can call a lead to somebody who works for Big George Latimer. And if we can, we... We might be able to locate Mr. Kent. I mean, Smith. Is that it? Right. Better be soon, too. Because Kent's already lost his memory. Unless we get to him very soon, something much worse than that will happen to him. Hang on, Robin. I'm going to make time. Batman and Robin speed their search for Clark Kent, whom only Batman knows to be Superman. The Man of Steel, still dressed in the baseball uniform of the Titans, lies in restless sleep on a couch in a shade-drawn room in Dr. Marsh's Metropolis bungalow. Two feet away on the table rests a piece of jagged green glowing kryptonite, torn from the exploded planet on which Superman was born, and which, in the atmosphere of Earth, robs him of all his great strength and curious powers when brought within ten feet of him. Big George Latimer, vicious, bigoted political leader, sleeps in a room nearby. Dr. Marsh has descended to his basement laboratory to liquefy another small portion of the strange metallic kryptonite. Two of Latimer's henchmen, the burly Gus and a wiry, squint-eyed man called Punchy, sit in the room with Superman. Gus shoves a deck of playing cards towards his companion. Uh, well, what's this for? It's your deal, Punchy. Hey, get that goofy look off your pen and deal the cards, will you? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Gus, uh, did you hear what that guy said? Well, who said? Doc Croker, Dr. Marsh. He said by tomorrow night at this time, this here Bud Smith won't have no mind and also no strength left at all. I know, I know. So what? So that can't be, Gus. He's got to be strong enough to play ball because the Titans can't win without him. They couldn't even finish in the first division without him. Well, ain't that too bad. Look, are you going to deal or ain't you? Oh, no, wait, Gus. I'm getting sore because nobody never told me about this. Nobody never told you about what? Well, uh, about, about this here Bud Smith being finished. Why should anybody tell you anything? Well, I figured it was just a snatch, see? And when somebody coughed up a wad of cabbage, we'd give Smith back to the Titans and then they could go on and win the pennant. Look, Punchy, a dummy like you without no brain shouldn't try to figure nothing. Now forget about the Titans and Bud Smith and deal them cards. Okay, okay, but but I can't forget this is the first chance the Titans had to win the pennant since 1935. But if they ain't going to have Bud Give Smith... Give me them cards. Oh, why? You told me the deal, didn't you? Yeah, now I'm telling you to forget it. I'll play solid there. Okay. Uh, what do you want me to do? Go get lost. But Mr. Latimer said I gotta stay here and help you watch Bud Smith. Okay, watch it, but don't talk. If I'm gonna listen to you some more, I'll blow my top. Hey, Gus. Huh? Do you suppose maybe we could get Doc Marsh to kind of, well, uh, sort of take it easy on Bud Smith? Uh, maybe so then he... Didn't I tell you to stop driving me nuts? I'm going to beat you real hard. Oh. Now, look, Gus, I take you it easy. You get tight, so Bud Smith, you're driving me nuts. Oh, no, uh, let me go, Gus. Hey, where are you, Wolf Smith? Hey, how are you? Let me listen to him, mate, with a goofy yeah, talk. Yeah, but I... Let me... Punchy, Punchy, what's his nose? Stop! Oh, it's you, Doc. What does this mean? You are here to guard this man, not fight. 
Are you both crazy? Why, he's driving me nuts with his score. No, hold me. I don't do nothing. Help me. I don't do nothing except beat my ears down about the Titans that die quiet. Why can't I move? You wake up, Mr. Lefty. What will he say when I tell you what goes on here? Yeah, help me, sure. That'd be a good guy, though. I don't know what's wrong. Yeah, well, we don't mean nothing. What if the neighbors become suspicious? They will call the police and it will then be the end for all of us. Yeah, that's right. Okay, okay, forget it, that will you? What is the use of talking with stupid fools like you? I will watch here myself until Mr. Latimer awakes. Uh, Gus, go out and buy two quarts of milk. I need it for our friend on the couch. Not me. The boy told me not to move from this room until he woke up. Our poor playing friend got awake miss once before, you know. But the milk, I need the milk for his treatment. I'll let Punchy go for it. Oh, sure, sure. I'll go, Doc. All right, go then. And hurry, Punchy. In a few minutes, it will be time for another treatment. Okay, two quarts, you want? Yeah, two quarts. And much schnell. <laughs> First time the Titans get a chance to win the pennant since 1935, and what happens? Bud Smith, the first good pitcher and hitter they buy, he goes and gets the works. I ought to do something about it, but if I do, then I get the works. Oh, the Titans ain't got no chance without Bud Smith. Holy smokes, what'll I do? Shaking his head ruefully, Punchy walks down the street worried about his beloved Titans. Yearning to help them, yet afraid to do anything. What will Punchy do? As we continue now, the sun has risen brighter over Metropolis. Newsboys cry out headlines of extra editions of the morning papers which detail the unsuccessful search for Bud Smith, the Titans' sensational baseball pitcher and home run hitter. Punchy is conscience heavy, but growing more befuddled as he progresses from tavern to tavern, has stopped at a lunch wagon. Now we find him sipping a cup of coffee. Yes, up, pal. It's a sure thing them Titans won't have no chance for the pennant without Bud Smith. Not a chance. You said it. You know, me, I always been a Titan fan ever since I was that high. Yeah, me too. Sure is a shame about Bud Smith disappearing, ain't it? Yeah, rotten shame. And all on account of that dirty Latimer. Let he cares about the Titans. Who? You know, I oughtn't to let him get away with it. I ought to do something to help the Titans. Yeah, like what? Yes, sir, I bet you I could do it, too. Then the Titans are sure win the punt. Maybe I should order. Yeah, they probably do the same thing to me as they're doing to Smith. Poor Bud. Never pitch again. Listen, mister, what gives with you? I don't know what to do. What the hell, the Titans? It's the first chance since 1935. I don't want to die, though. Hey, hey, how, how can you help the Titans? Hey, listen, you. Hey, come back a minute. Hello? That you, Batman? Yes, who's this? Charlie Ross. You know, at the lunch wagon on 16th? Oh, hello, Charlie. What's on your mind? Well, a, a dopey little guy was just in here. He's popping off about the Titans and how they couldn't win the pennant without Bud Smith. And uh, he said something about uh, he could help them get Smith back if he wanted to. He could get Smith? You sure? Yeah. Uh, he said it mean his neck, though. And he mentioned a name that sounded like Latimer. He did? Uh, that's right. I tried to pump him because I remember you said you were looking for anybody tied up with Big George. You bet I am. Is that fellow still there? Uh, no, no, no. He left. Uh, I called you right away, though. Good boy, Charlie. Maybe Robin and I can find him. We'll be right out, so stay right where you are. This may be the break we need. Robin! Hey, Robin! On the double! A few moments later, Batman and Robin are roaring through the streets in the Batmobile, bound for Charlie Ross's lunch wagon. Will they pick up Punchy's trail, the trail which leads to Superman... And will they be in time? There's a thrill a minute in Monday's exciting episode, fellows and girls, so don't miss it. 
Tune in Monday, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Exclusive loop on surprises and deliver to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, in a race against time, Superman's friends trail a slim clue to his whereabouts. While his enemies set out to erase that one possibility permanently. Say, this is super special week. Because this week you can still get in on that super special offer that super delicious Kellogg's Pep has for you. It's terrific. It's genuine. A money belt like the G.I.'s War. Yes, sirree. You can get the exact same article. It has three secret compartments. One large pocket and two smaller ones to carry your club passwords, secret codes, letters, identification, money. Swell for you when you go camping or hiking. A safe place for your scout knife. Matches, comb, and soap, maybe. There's a flap that folds over on the inside of the pockets, keeps your belongings safe and dry. This belt is made of water-resistant cloth. The genuine army article in real khaki color with a full-size buckle. Adjustable so it's sure to fit any size waist. Now, G.I.'s paid a dollar for theirs, but you can get yours for only ten cents and one box top from those crisp, fresh, whole wheat flakes Kellogg's Pep. 
Send the pep box top and a dime, and your name and address to Superman, Box 251, Battle Creek, Michigan. I'll repeat that for you. Mail one dime and one box top from Super Delicious Pep, along with your name and address, clearly printed, to Superman, Box 251, Battle Creek, Michigan. Get busy. Send for your genuine Army money belt today. This offer is limited to the United States. And now, the adventures of Superman. By feeding Superman a solution of kryptonite, a strange metallic substance from the exploded planet on which he was born, and which in the atmosphere of Earth robs him of all his strength, Big George Latimer, a dishonest politician, and Dr. Marsh, a former Nazi concentration camp official, made the Man of Steel lose his memory. Superman managed to escape them, and believing his name was Bud Smith, became a sensational baseball pitcher for the Metropolis Titans. But then he was captured again by Latimer, and Dr. Marsh resumed feeding him liquid kryptonite, stating that within 24 hours, Superman would be a mental and physical wreck. However, one of Latimer's hoodlums, an ardent baseball fan known as Punchy, has been considering helping his beloved Titans by revealing what he knows. As we continue now, in response to a phone call, the famous Batman and Robin have arrived at a lunch wagon near the Metropolis docks, where Batman is questioning Charlie Ross, the proprietor. Listen. Uh, this fellow, uh, Punchy... You say he mentioned Big George Latimer's name, Charlie? Well, he didn't say Big George exactly, but he did say Latimer all right. What'd he say about him? Uh, he was belly aching about how the Titans couldn't win the pennant without Bud Smith on the team. And he said something about a lot Latimer cared if the Titans won or not. I don't get it. How did I that... couldn't make any sense out of him either. But you said to let you know if I ran across anybody who seemed like he might be connected with Big George Latimer. That's right. Or know anything about Bud Smith. Uh, so... Look, Charlie... Uh, what does this punchy character look like? Well, he's a wiry little guy. Uh, about 35, I'd say. And, uh, oh, yeah, he kind of squints. Got that, Robin? Yeah, man. How long ago did he leave here, Charlie? Well, I called you right after he went out. And we came here directly. It's about 15 minutes, and we've been here about five. So he's got 20 minutes start on us. That's not so good. It's not much if he's drinking. Uh, did you notice which way he went after he left your wagon, Charlie? Yeah, he turned up the street, north. Good enough. Thanks loads. Come on, Robin. <laughs> Fellow about 35 and squint sort of. What's he in here, mister? Why, I don't know. Uh, wait a minute. Is this guy a baseball nut? Yeah, yeah he's he, a Titan fan. He was in here then. Swell. Talking about how the Titans couldn't win without Bud Smith. And <laughs> get this. He said he could help the Titans if he wanted to. It must have been punchy, Batman. Checks with me, Robin. Uh, how long ago was he here, mister? Oh, 10, 15 minutes ago. Thanks very much. Let's go, Robin. <laughs> Come into my restaurant here, buys a cup of coffee, and there makes me deaf with his talk about the Titans and Bud Smith. Dopey guy. That's our boy, all right. How long ago was he here, mister? I just got rid of him about five minutes ago. We're practically breathing on his neck. Come on, Batman. Right, Robin. Thanks, friend. Goodbye. A wiry little guy, you say, with a squint? Yes, and he's a hot Titan fan. He was probably here sometime within the last few minutes. Mm, nope, wasn't in here. You sure, mister? Sure, positive. Well, thanks. Come on, Robin, we'll try up the street. No, nobody like that was in here. Oh, well, thank you. Let's go, Robin. Uh-uh, wasn't in here. No, he wasn't in here. What happened, Batman? First, Punchy's moving north, stopping at all the joints, and we practically got our hands on him. And then, bingo, he disappeared. I don't know. 
But it sure looks as if we lost him, Robin. But we can't lose him. He obviously knows where Buck Smith or Mr. Kent is. Right, but... Say, wait a minute. I've got an idea. The bookkeeper. Give me that again? The fellow they call the bookkeeper. A character who knows everything about everybody in the underworld. Chances are he can tell us about Crunchy and where to find him. Yeah, but will he tell us? I think I can make him. How? I'll explain on the way over to his place. It's a tiny cigar store over on 18th Street. That's not far from here. Come on. As Batman and Robin hurry off in search of the mysterious man called the bookkeeper in hope that he will steer them to the elusive punchy, an ominous scene is taking place in the small bungalow of Dr. Marsh, where Superman is held prisoner by the powerful kryptonite. In the small, shade-drawn living room, Big George Latimer, his beefy face red with rage, faces Gus, one of his henchmen who has just entered the house. Dr. Marsh stands by, clasping and unclasping his hands nervously. You mean to stand there and tell me you couldn't find Punchy? Oh, it's the right voice. You, you stupid idiot. How could you let a fool like Punchy out of the house? And you too, Marsh. Didn't you hear me say nobody was to leave this house until tomorrow? When Bud, Bud was finished? Yeah, but, uh, but I needed milk, Mr. Latimer. I, I gave him the kryptonite in milk and I had no more. You should have told me that. I would have seen to it. Yes, but you were asleep. You mean you were asleep, Marsh. Asleep at the switch. And so are you, Gus. You both know who Bud Smith really is. And yet you let a senseless fool like Punch you wander around to attract attention and maybe make the neighbor suspicious. Yeah, but yeah, I do not know. around, all right, from one tavern to another. What's that? That's what I come back to tell you, boss. I found out Punchy was in a half a dozen joints on 16th Street getting coiled and beefing about how the Titans can't win a pennant now on account of Bud Smith ain't with him. What else did he say, Gus? While the snare is I can get it, he been hitting it. He could help the Titans get Smith back if he wanted Very to. Very He said that? Uh-huh. But, of course, nobody takes it seriously. But somebody might. Oh, it's terrible. Gus, we've got to find Punchy and shut him up. And fast. That's right, boss. He's bug house about them Titans. And if he gets talking to the wrong guy, good night. But what can we do, Mr. Lesson? Look, Gus. Pick up Punchy's trail. And when you find him, well, you know what to do. That's all I wanted to hear, boss. I think I know where to find that joint, too. You see, when he gets just so blessed, if there's a certain place he goes to... Then go there and find him. And finish him. Don't waste a minute. He can ruin me. Okay, boss, I'm on my way. Hurry, Gus, hurry. And report to me as soon as you've done your job. Adding the bulge of the gun in his shoulder holster, Gus leaves Dr. Marsh's house swiftly to finish Punchy. What will happen? As Gus, Big George Latimer's henchman, leaves Dr. Marsh's house with orders to find and destroy Punchy, the mysterious underworld character known as the bookkeeper is returning to his tiny cigar store, where he finds Batman and Robin waiting for him. As we continue now inside the store, they are talking with the bookkeeper, a gray-haired, mild-mannered man who wears blue-lensed spectacles. Now, look here, bookkeeper. I'm putting my cards on the table. You see, I know all about you, everything. And if and you don't... so do the police, Batman. But they've never been able to pin anything on me. No? Well, I can. The loney. Remember the shilling loft robbery? What about it? A watchman and a police officer were shot on that job. And I happen to know you had a finger in that pie. A big finger. Nuts. I don't have anything to do with any jobs. You can't prove I had anything to do with it. Oh, yes, I can, bookkeeper. I've got a few contacts, too, you know. Now, unless you tell me where to find this punchy character, I'll take what I know to Inspector Henderson. You're bluffing. If you had anything on me, you'd have taken it to the police long ago. The reason I didn't is because I thought I'd need you sometime. And here's your chance to repay my little favor, bookkeeper, and to keep out of jail. Well, how about it? You're bluffing. You've said that before. You know my reputation. I don't bluff. Well, what'd it be? Do you play ball with me, or do I play ball with the police? Well, come on, make up your mind. And do it fast. We're in a hurry. Look, Batman, if it ever gets out that I peached, I'll be done for around here. You're done for if you don't. Yeah, but good. Well, all right. Just a minute. Where are you going? I've got some files over here. 
work back then. See, how did you know he was mixed up in that job? I did. What? You mean you were bluffing? Well, not exactly. Anderson told me once he was sure the bookkeeper was mixed up in the shilling job, but he couldn't prove it. I just repeated what he told me and hoped our reputations would do the rest. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I sure got to hand it to you, Shut Quiet, quiet. Here he comes. Here you are, fat man. When Punchy ain't working, he usually hangs out at this address. 418 West River Street. Top floor. 418 West River, huh? Good. Come on, Robin. We've got work to do. Let's go. Followed by his young companion, Batman leaves the bookkeeper's shop and leaps into his Batmobile. A moment later, the dynamic duo are speeding across the city to West River Street, where they hope to find Punchy. But unknown to our friends, Gus Big George Latimer's henchman is also en route to West River Street with orders to eliminate the talkative little man who holds the key to Superman's very life in his hands. Who will win this race for life? Batman and Robin or Latimer's gunman? Tomorrow's action-packed episode tells the story, fellows and girls, so be sure to listen. Yes, don't fail to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep, P-E-P Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman! Today, Superman's friends, hot on the trail leading to his whereabouts, are confronted with another stumbling block flung in their path by the villainous George Latimer and his henchmen. Say, have you sent for your GI money belt yet? Well, what are you waiting for? They're going fast, and take it from me, you'll be sorry if you miss up on this terrific offer Kellogg's Pet has for you. This is the genuine article, the very same money belt the G.I.s wore. It has three concealed compartments, one large pocket, two smaller ones, covered with a special flap that folds over in the inside and keeps those pockets secret. A safe hiding place for your secret codes and messages, your money and identification. This genuine Army money belt is adjustable so that you can buckle it right on to fit you. It's real Army khaki color with a full-size buckle. You can wear it under your coat or jacket like the G.I.s did or on the outside around your waist or slung over one shoulder. Now, G.I.s paid a dollar for their Army money belts, but all you do is to mail ten cents plus a box top from a package of Kellogg's Pep and your name and address clearly printed to Superman. Box 251, Battle Creek, Michigan. Don't put it off. This offer is good for only a few days more. So today, send 10 cents with one Kellogg's Pep Box Stop to Superman, Box 251, Battle Creek, Michigan. You'll go for this swell army money belt, and you'll go for this swell cereal, Kellogg's Pep. This offer is limited to the United States. 
now the adventures of Superman. Suspecting that Superman has lost his memory and is none other than Bud Smith, star pitcher for the Metropolis Titans who has disappeared, Batman and Robin believe he is in the hands of Big George Latimer, a dishonest politician. And as we know, they are right. In the Metropolis bungalow of Dr. Marsh, a former German concentration camp official, Superman is being fed liquefied kryptonite, a strange element which caused him to lose his memory, and which in 24 hours, Marsh has promised Latimer, will make the Man of Steel a mental and physical wreck. However, a hoodlum called Punchy, who is employed by Latimer, is an ardent baseball fan and has been grieving aloud in several taverns over the fate of his beloved Titans. Tipped off about this, Batman and Robin are on Punchy's trail. But so also is Gus, Latimer's henchman, who has been ordered to silence the talkative of hoodlum. As we continue now in a shabby rooming house, Punchy is discussing his problem with a crony known as Stubby. Listen. Oh, I tell you, it ain't right, Stubby. Here is the Titans all set to win their first pennant since 1935, and what happens? They lose Bud Smith. Yeah, the greatest pitcher and hitter will ever live. They can't even finish in the first division without him. It sure is a shame, Punchy. It's a crime, that's what it is, a dirty, rotten crime. Yeah. You know what, Punchy? What? It's funny, too. Funny? How do you figure a laugh at this, hey? Well, if Bud Smith was snatched like the coppers think... How come the boys would snatch him ain't made a bid for ransom? That ain't none of your business. Go on, you just cover it up. You don't know nothing about it yourself. That's what you think. Well, the first time since 1935 they got a chance for the pennant and that dirty baboon lashes it up. I ought to do something about it, Stubby. What can you do, big shot? I can do plenty. Yeah? Yeah. Go on, tell me then. I can't, because if I squealed and they found out, uh, that would be all, brother. If who found out, just squeal about what? I can't tell you, Stubby. I don't dare. Oh, but jeepers, when I think about them poor Titans blowing their first chance for a pennant since 1935... Now, Punchy, do you really know what happened to Bud Smith? Or are you just kidding? No, I ain't kidding. Then what is it? Come on, tell All me. I can tell you is this much. If I spill what I know, see, Bud Smith would be back on the Titans and they could win the pennant. Then why don't you? Because I ain't got the knife, that's why. Oh, look, Stubby, be a good guy and go and get me something to drink, huh? Uh, here's a buck. Tell me what gives first. I'll, I'll tell you when you come back, honest. And then uh, as soon as I get me knife up, I'll, I'll do something about getting Bud Smith back to the Titans. Go on now, get going. Well, okay, Punchy. It'll take me a little while, though. I'll have to go over to Wicker Street, you know. Okay, okay. Hurry it up as fast as you can. Yeah, I'm doing. I gotta. As soon as Stubby comes back, I'll go to the coppers. I'll tell them where Bud Smith is, and I'll, I'll get them to lock me up till they got Latimer in the jug. Oh, but if he ever gets loose, though. Hey, you back already, Stubby? Gus. Yeah, Gus. How you doing, Punchy? Oh, oh, me? Oh, fine, fine, Gus. You hey, listen. kind of forgot to come back with that milk Doc Marsh sent you for, didn't you? The milk? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, the milk. Well, well you see what's like this, Gus. I know I... how it is. You went popping off in every tavern in town. Me? No, no, not me, Gus. I was... I come up here to give you a little message. A what? A message from Mr. Latimer. Here it is. <laughs> We want is at the end of the hall, Batman. I know. There it is, Robin. Yes, you're hoping that punchy character's home, Batman. And he can tell us where Clark Kent, Bud Smith is. Here we go. 
Knock again. Right. Nobody home. What are we doing now? I guess all we can do is wait downstairs and hope he'll show. What was that? What? Thought I heard something. Listen. Yes, there it is again. Uh huh. In Punchy's room. It sounds like. Wait, Robin. Let's try the door. It's unlocked. Uh oh. Christopher Columbus. Look, Batman, on the floor. Now I see him. Oh. Great Scott. This fellow's been stabbed. Yeah, and unless I miss uh, my guess, it's Punchy. Yes, oh. the description, all right. Oh, he's in bad shape. Uh, Quick, where's the phone? There isn't any jeepers, Batman. We counted on Punchy to tell Don't us. Don't waste where... time talking, Robin. Go out and find a doctor and a police officer. I'm on my way. Hurry, Robin, hurry. Right. No use. I'm done for. Take it easy, Punchy. We'll have a doctor here right away. I gotta, I tell you, gotta help the Titans and Bud Smith. Greatest pitcher Did ever. you say Bud Smith? Yeah. Get the coppers. Take him to Bud Smith. Do you know where Smith is, Punchy? Yeah. Latimer's got him. Latimer, eh? I knew it. Where's he holding Smith? In the bungalow. You've got to get there fast. Or it'll be too late. Where's this bungalow? They're going to finish him. Oh, where is the bungalow, Punchy? Where? On, on Adam Street. Adam Street? Yeah. Doc, doctor. What number on Adams? Do you know? 20. 21. 21? 2119. 2119 Adam Street. Yeah. Save Bud Smith. Inspector Henderson on the car radio, Robin. Okay, Pat. Hurry. Tell him to meet us at 2119 Adams Street with a squad of officers, but quick. Check. Batman and Robin calling Metropolis Police Headquarters. Batman and Robin calling Police Headquarters. Come in, please. Over. Police Headquarters to Batman and Robin. Go ahead. Urgent message to Inspector Henderson. Meet us at 2119 Adams Street. Repeat. Meet us at 2119 Adams Street with a squad of men at once. Bud Smith is there. Over. Are you sure about Smith? You heard me. Bud Smith is at 2119 Adam Street. And tell the inspector not to spare the horses. Got it. Over and out. Let's go, Batman. Hang on to your hats, sonny boy. We're on our way. Pressing the accelerator down to the floorboards, Batman sends his powerful Batmobile roaring through the streets, bound for Dr. Marsh's bungalow. What will happen there? As Batman and Robin in their Batmobile roared up and stopped before Dr. Marsh's small bungalow on Adams Street, a police car carrying Inspector Henderson and half a dozen officers swung in from the corner and braked to a stop beside them. As we continue now, the police officers have spread around to the outside of the house. Batman, Robin, Inspector Henderson, and Sergeant Healy stand on the little porch outside the front door. Ring the bell again, Inspector. I've rung it half a dozen times, Batman. Either nobody's inside or they're playing possible. I'm sure they're in there. So am I. Yeah, we'll find out right now. Break that window, Healy. Okay, it's careful, though. Just in case somebody's standing inside with a gun. Well, if they are, this ought to draw a shot. Wait, get back, Healy. Okay. Nothing happened, Batman. Something tells me something will happen now. I'm going in through the window. No, no, no. Come back here, Batman. Sorry, Inspector. This is my party. And mine. Come back here, Robin. All right, come on, Healy. Let's follow them. Right, Inspector. Smith. Blood Smith. Where are you, Latimer? You better give up. This is the end of the line. Anybody home, Batman? Doesn't seem to be. This bedroom is empty. So is this one. Yeah, and so is the living room and the kitchen. The whole house is empty. Maybe not, Inspector. There's no attic, but there's a cellar. Well, Healy's down there. Find anything, Healy? Nobody down here in the cellar, Inspector. Yeah, I thought not. 
Then where is Bud Smith? And where's Big George Latimer? I don't know, Robin. It looks as if Latimer's outsmarted us again. Helplessly, Batman and Robin look about the small empty bungalow while Inspector Henderson glares at them angrily. Yes, once more, the cunning Big George Latimer has outmaneuvered Batman and Robin and the police. What will happen now with only hours remaining before Superman's mind and body are crippled forever? Exciting things happen in tomorrow's episode, fellows and girls, so be sure to listen. Tune in tomorrow, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman's friends, refusing to admit defeat in their desperate search for the Man of Steel, arrive one step closer to the whereabouts of the murderous villains. Say, when you go on hikes this summer or to camp, you'll sure be glad to have one of those secret money belts those super delicious whole wheat flakes Kellogg's Pep has for you. It's a real, genuine United States Army money belt. The very same money belt that G.I.s used for carrying their personal letters and photos and identification. And you can do the same. It's genuine G.I. equipment. It's made of khaki with three secret compartments, one large pocket and two smaller ones. Now, there's a special flap that folds over on the inside and keeps the pocket secret so nobody but you need know what's in them. This genuine Army money belt is made of sturdy, water-resistant cloth. It has a full-size buckle, and it's adjustable so it'll fit you slick. You can wear it under your coat or your jacket or on the outside, and you can wear it around your waist or slung over one shoulder. Now, G.I.s paid a dollar for their money belts, but all you do is to mail 10 cents plus a box stop from a package of Kellogg's Pep and your name and address to Superman, Box 251, Battle Creek, Michigan. Now, remember, send your dime with one Kellogg's Pep box stop and your name and address, clearly printed, to Superman, Box 251, Battle Creek, Michigan. And don't put it off. The orders are coming in thick and fast, so hurry. This offer is limited to the United States. And now, the adventures of Superman. Near death when he was found by the famous Batman, a hoodlum called Punchy told him that Bud Smith, the missing baseball star, was a prisoner of Big George Latimer, a dishonest politician in a metropolis bungalow. Believing Bud Smith to be Superman, who was suffering from loss of memory, Batman hurried to the bungalow with Robin, his young companion, and Police Inspector Henderson. But to our friend's dismay, the bungalow was deserted. 
And as we continue now, in the small living room, Henderson faces Batman angrily. Listen. Batman, once again you brought me out on a wild goose chase. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you think I... I've got nothing else to do but follow up your bum steers? Now look, Inspector. This is the third time in one month that you've dragged me out on a phony lead. First you made me search Big George Latimer's house for Superman. Then for Clark Kent. And now you drag me way out here to look for Bud Smith, whom you say is Kent. I know, Now but... we don't find Smith. We don't find Kent. We don't find Latimer. We don't find anybody. Now look, Inspector. I told you a fellow who worked for Latimer gave us the lead that Bud Smith or Clark Kent was here. Yeah, and... yeah. And he was not only dying at the time and didn't know what he was talking about, but was half drunk besides. I think he knew full well what he was talking about. He knew all right. You know, Batman, the trouble with you is you got it into your head that Big George Latimer is behind the disappearance of Superman. I'm sure he and is. And so, when anybody else disappears, Kent or Bud Smith... You think Latimer must be behind that, too. Well, naturally, they're all the same person. What's that? Did you say they're all three the same person? Well, I, uh... Huh? I mean, uh, Clark Kent and Bud Smith are the same person. Kent lost his memory, you know. That's and... what you say. But you can't make me believe that. Kent may look like Smith, but that's all. Why, this Smith's a terrific athlete. And everybody knows Kent couldn't hold his own in a game of marbles. Just the same, Inspector. Take my word for it that Kent is Smith. Rubbish. Now, look. If you fellas don't lay off Latimer, you're going to get yourselves and me into serious trouble. He's a big man in this state, you know, and if you think you can get... Inspector. Yeah? What is it, Haley? We checked up on who lives in this bungalow like you ought to. Well? It's rented by a doctor, a Dr. Gerald Marsh. Marsh? Who's he? The neighbor says he's a refugee, a quiet guy, minds his own business. He's connected with a little hospital. Sounds like they open up to me, Inspector. Yeah, it does to me, too. Well, Batman, are you satisfied now? Not yet. Where's Dr. Marsh now, Sergeant? The hospital says he's out of town for a couple of days. We expect him back tomorrow. I see. Do you mind if Robin and I give this place a quick once-over, Inspector? I certainly do mind. But, Inspector, now, if we don't... Now, Batman. And you too, Robin. Lay off Latimer. And stop playing games with the police department, or you're going to get into trouble. Now, get out of this place and stay out. We're going back to headquarters, Healy. Come on. Well, here we are out in the cold again. Yes. Thanks to Henderson, we can't follow our hunches to Kent. Look, Batman, maybe the inspector's right about Punchy not knowing what he was talking about. No, I don't believe it, Robin. I'm sure Punchy knew what he was talking about, all right. And I'm convinced he was stabbed to keep his mouth shut. Well, maybe. Anyhow, we know that Bud Smith isn't here, and neither is Big George Latimer, right. so... But I think they were here. Come on. Where? I hate to disobey Henderson, but Kent's life is at stake. So we're going to let ourselves back into Dr. Marsh's house again. And hope we can pick up some clues to where Latimer took Kent. It's our only chance. You're the boss. Let's go. As Batman and Robin let themselves back into Dr. Marsh's bungalow, the owl-eyed physician and big George Latimer are in the cellar of a secluded farmhouse about 35 miles from Metropolis. On a rough cut, still wearing the baseball uniform of the Titans, Superman lies in a restless sleep. Two feet away on a crate rests the jagged piece of green glowing kryptonite, the strange metallic substance from the exploded planet on which Superman was born, and which, when brought within ten feet of him in the atmosphere of Earth, steals every ounce of strength from his powerful body. Look at him, Marsh. The great Superman. Helpless at my feet. I swore I'd get even with him, and I have. Yeah, Mr. Latimer. That is, if nothing happens. What do you mean? That stuff you're feeding him, the liquefied kryptonite, is working, isn't it? Do not worry about the kryptonite. It works well. And why do you keep saying, if nothing happens? Because I am worried, Mr. Latimer. Worried about what? This place, this farm. We were here once before, you know, and Batman and Robin successfully chased us here. Is that not so? Relax. They drew a blank here once, so they won't return. Anyhow, we'll be through by midnight. Then we'll clear out. But what if Batman and Robin come here before midnight? Don't worry about them, I tell you. 
I'm sure they won't show up again because there's no reason for it. But if they do, they won't get far. I've got a gang of tough men, men I can trust guarding this place. Very well, Mr. Latimer, if you think it's safe. I do. Look, isn't it time to give Superman another dose of the liquefied kryptonite? Oh, yeah, I will get it. Uh, will you wake him up, please, Mr. Latimer? <laughs> That'll be a pleasure. Get up, Superman. Get up, I said. Get up. Treatments make him sleepy. I'll wake him up. Wake up, you. Uh, uh. Superman. Wake up. Uh. Superman. Uh. What did you call me? <laughs> I called you Superman. Doesn't that mean anything to you? I know. Is that my name? Don't you know? I... Oh, that's strange. I can't seem to remember my name. Maybe it's Bud Smith. Bud Smith? Yes. Does that sound familiar? No. No, it doesn't. Tell me why. <laughs> I... You hear that, Doc? He's even forgotten about being Bud Smith, the baseball star. Sorry, I, I don't seem to understand anything. Tell me. Who am I? What, what's happened to me? And, oh... Why, why can't I move? <laughs> Listen to This is worth a million dollars to me, Doc. Doc, <laughs> are you a doctor? Here, drink this milk. It will make you feel stronger. Uh, well, all right, I'll, I'll drink it. Oh, oh, but I I can't raise my hand. I will hold the uh, glass for you. Oh, here. Drink. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Just six more doses, eh, Marsh? Yeah. Every two hours for 12 more hours. And then he will be finished forever, Mr. Latimer. Floatingly, big George Latimer watches Superman drink the milk in which the deadly liquefied kryptonite has been mixed. Twelve more hours, says Dr. Marsh, and the Man of Steel will be finished. Can anything save him now? As we continue now, Batman and Robin have been searching Dr. Marsh's bungalow in Metropolis. Robin is about ready to admit defeat, when suddenly Batman cries out. Hey, Robin. What, Batman? Look at this little book I found behind one of the blocks in the fireplace. It's a diary. Oh, so what? I'm not in the mood for diaries now. No, well, listen to this. Dachau, May 24th. Dachau? That was a German concentration camp. Uh-huh, listen. Today I performed 21 interesting brain operations as experiments. The patients died, but it does not matter. They were all Poles and Jews. Tomorrow, I shall perform many more operations. The living human guinea pigs here are unlimited. Christopher Columbus. What devil wrote that? Dr. Marsh, I think. Marsh? The fellow who lives in this bungalow? Yes. But apparently his real name is Marshak. Dr. Gerhardt Marshak. See, it's written here on the cover of the book. You like that? Imagine a rotten, murderous German concentration camp doctor living right here in Metropolis. How about that? I wonder... Great Scott, Robin, look. Now what? This is a German driving license. Issued to Dr. Gerhard Marshak. Look at the photograph attached to the license. You recognize that man? I'd say you were... Yes, he looks familiar, You but... saw him about a month ago at a farm. The place where we thought we'd trace Superman to from the old mill. Holy smokes, I remember now. Superman wasn't there, but this guy was. Right. And now Superman, I, I mean Clark Kent's trail, leads to this German doctor again. Say, do you think this Nazi rat is tied up with big George Latimer? Obviously. Come on, Robin. We're going back out to that farm again. And maybe this time we will find Superman. Lo 
closely followed by his young companion, Batman rushes from Dr. Marsh's house to his powerful bat-shaped car. And a moment later, he and Robin are en route to the farm where we know Superman is. But Batman and Robin are alone. And Big George Latimer has a small army of tough-armed henchmen guarding the scene. What will happen as Superman's last hours tick away? There's a thrill a minute for you in tomorrow's action-packed episode, fellows and girls. So be sure to listen. Don't fail to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman's friends and enemies face the battle of life or death as each fiercely struggles against the other for desperate control of the Man of Steel's existence. Absolutely. Positively, this is next to the last day I'll be telling you about the thrilling G.I. money belt Kellogg's Pep has for you. And if you haven't sent for yours yet, you better grab yourself a pencil and get busy. 
This money belt is GI equipment, the real thing. It has three secret compartments, one large pocket and two smaller ones. Now, there's a special flap that folds over on the inside and keeps those pockets secret so that you can safely hide your money, identification, letters, and secret codes. And you can wear this army belt under your coat or your jacket, or you can even sleep with it like lots of G.I.s did. Remember, this is the real thing, a genuine army money belt in G.I. khaki color with a full-size buckle. It's adjustable so it'll fit you slick, and it's the genuine article. Now, G.I.s paid a dollar for theirs, but all you do is to mail ten cents, one box stop from a package of that super delicious cereal, Kellogg's Pep, and your name and address to Superman, Box 251, Battle Creek, Michigan. You got that? You send one dime and one box stop from Kellogg's Pep, along with your name and address, clearly printed, to Superman, Box 251, Battle Creek, Michigan. Don't put it off. There's just one more day left to send in your order. Do it right now. This offer is limited to the United States. Now, the adventures of Superman. On a secluded farm near Metropolis, where he is a prisoner of Big George Latimer, a dishonest politician, and Dr. Marsh, a former German concentration camp official, Superman is being fed a solution of kryptonite. This substance from the exploded planet on which he was born, and which in the atmosphere of Earth robs him of all his strength, has already caused him to lose his memory. And in 12 hours more, Dr. Marsh has promised Latimer, the man of steel will be a metal and physical wreck. But meanwhile, in Metropolis, the famous Batman and Robin followed a clue to Dr. Marsh's house, where they found a hidden diary which contained a photograph of the Nazi. Recognizing him as a man they had seen at a farm some time ago while they were searching for Superman, the dynamic duo decided to investigate the farm again. And as we continue now, they are speeding along a country highway in their powerful Batmobile. Listen. Okay, keep your eyes peeled now, Robin. The lane that leads to the farm cuts off along here somewhere. Yeah, I'm watching for it, Batman. Good. Brakes. I think it's right up ahead. Check. Yep, this is it, all right. Winds through the woods for about half a mile. It's out of the farm. Yeah, that's right. But you're not going to drive all the way in, I hope. Oh, of course not. We'll stop just before the woods end. Then hide the car under the trees. Uh-huh, and then go looking for trouble, huh? No, sir, Robin. For soup, uh, for Clark Kent. Well, if he's at the farm, chances are Big George Latimer and our Nazi doctor friend are, too. And if so, there will be trouble. Well, that's what I've been suggesting, Pappy. Any objection? Are you kidding? It'll be a pleasure. Only, um... Only what? I just remembered. The last time we tangled with Latimer, he had Boku gorillas around. And all of them had guns. They're with him here. That might make it a bit more difficult. Well, now you're not kidding. Say, maybe we should have slowed up long enough to collect Inspector Henderson and a few of his gendarmes. No, 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 Robin. Henderson's office since we made him search Latimer's house. And haul him out to Marsh's bungalow to find Kent. And, uh, no Kent, remember? Yeah. Well, I guess we're on our own as usual, then. Right. Now. Hey, where are you going? The woods end just ahead there, see? Oh, that's right. If we park under this big tree, that ought to do the trick. Well, I hope so. I don't think anyone in the lane will notice the car. Okay, Robin. Out we go. Check. Hey, hey, not so fast. I just want to have a look, see. Someone might see you. I'm behind the tree. Well, the farmhouse looks nice and peaceful. See anybody around? No. Doc back. What's up? There's a big lad coming this way. Right along the edge of the woods there. See him? Uh-huh. Oh, a tough-looking customer. He's carrying a gun. Say, Robin. Uh-huh? He's one of the fellows we tangled with at Latimer's house. One of Latimer's gunmen. Say, that's right. That means the trail's getting warm, huh? Oh, it certainly is. My hunch is this fellow's a lookout. See? 
He keeps peering about. Great Scott, now what? I think he spotted our car. Oh, no. Hey, no. He has. Hey. Come on, Robin. Let's take him fast. Okay, Pappy. Yeah. No. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> nice tackle, Robin. I'll hold him while you truss him up. I'll have him ready for the laundry at two shakes. Good. Let's just take a hitch here. Another hitch here. Reinforcements for our friend. Hurry it up, Robin. Right. There. He's all set. That closing in. Not your handkerchief, Robin. Stuff it in the spatty's mouth when I take my hand away. Right. Just a second. All right. That does it. We'll have more company in a minute. Uh-huh. Get behind that big old grub. I'll wait behind the street. When our company shows, make them welcome. Oh, should I bake a cake? Dad, where are you? Here they come. Where is that guy? Hey, Eddie. Look! Oh, it's Dan! Yeah! Over the top, Rob! Right! Hey, 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 get him! Get him! Get him! Get him! Get him! Get Oh, what a lovely what? chin you have for a haymaker! Oh! Ah, nice going, Batman. Same to you, son. <laughs> two up and two down. Short and sweet. Oh, boy. When we hit them, they stay hit, eh, Pappy? Okay, never mind the orchids. Come on. We'll tie these two chickens together. My rope here. Right. Roll that husky this way, chum. Check. Yeah. One more. There you are. That's it. Huh. Well, how many more of these toughies are around? Oh, something tells me we'll find out soon enough. Right. There. There. That does it. These two buckles will keep for a while. Okay, come on, Robin. All right, where to? We'll make a beeline for the farmhouse. You ready? Never readier. Okay, let's go then. And keep low, Robin. Right. I almost parted my hair. We're almost at the house. You see that cellar window? Yeah. Guy through it when I get the word. Check. Come on. Okay, Robin. Through the window. Right. Up on your feet, Robin. Right. Who, who are you? Dr. Livingston, I presume. Dr. Marsh is more correct. Stay back. Stay back I shoot. You're not shooting anybody, my dirty Nazi friend. No. Batman, you should be more gentle. Robin, look. Look on that couch. Christopher Columbus, it's Mr. Kent. Superman, you mean? Superman? That's right. You're asleep. Superman, wake up. Wake up, Superman. Batman, that's Latimer outside. I hear him. Wake up, Superman. Wake up. Wake up, Superman, will you? Robin, Robin, that piece of kryptonite. Get it back in that lead box. Oh, okay, but hurry and wake him up. We're going to have our hands full in a minute. Wake up, Superman. Superman. Superman, wake up, will you? Robin, I can't wake him up. Get that kryptonite away, Robin. I am. Wow, it burns. There, does it. Good. Now we ought to wake up. We can find our way out of here. Superman, wake up. Wake up, I say. Holy smokes, Batman, look. At the window. Robin. Hold him down, boys. Down, Robin, down. Desperately, Batman shakes the sleeping Superman, calling to him. As light of his henchmen crowd outside the cellar windows, training their guns on Batman and Robin. Trapped in the farmhouse cellar with a sleeping Superman, Batman and Robin placed the kryptonite back in his lead box, and then attempted to waken the Man of Steel. But meanwhile, Big George Latimer had posted a henchman at each of six cellar windows, and each trained the gun on Batman and Robin. As we continue now, the dynamic duo have flattened themselves against the wall, protected by Superman's cot and his body, from the bullets that have been spraying the walls and floor about them, as the Man of Steel begins to awaken. What's happening? Superman's waking up, Batman. Thank oh. heaven. Listen, Superman. Who are you? 
What's all this shooting about? Who are we? Batman and Robin, of course. Batman and Robin? Yes. Now, listen, will you? I can sit up. I can move. Look out, Robin. Duck low. Wow. Oh, this is getting hot, Batman. You're not kidding. Superman, listen. What did you call me? Holy smokes, Batman. Has Superman lost his memory, too? Naturally. Listen. You're Superman. You hear me? You're Superman. I can stand up. I can even walk. Hey, Mr. Lattimore, look at that. Superman is standing up. Don't mind him. We'll take care of him later. Get inside, boys. Finish Batman and Robin. Okay, let's go, fellas. Holy smokes. Here they come for us. What will we do, Batman? I don't know, Robin. If only Superman would snap out of it. He could help us. Nobody can help you now, Batman. All right, boys. Finish him. Backed against the wall, Batman and Robin can only watch as big George Latimer's henchmen swarm through the cellar windows and start toward them. Guns raised. Superman, the one person who could save his friends and himself, stands wonderingly by, unaware of his identity, unaware of what is going on. Is this the end of Batman and Robin and of Superman? What will happen? Tomorrow's action-packed episode tells the story, fellows and girls, so be sure to listen. This will be Superman's last thrilling program before his summer vacation and his return to the air on September 29th. So don't fail to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Rouses! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it? You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today's 
Superman faces the supreme test of his existence as the forces about him rocket him up and away, far into the stratosphere of restored memory. Hurry, hurry, hurry. It's now or never. Today is the last day I'll be telling you how that you can get the genuine army money belt Kellogg's Pep has for you. So grab yourself a pencil and jot down all the dope. This is the real thing. A United States Army money belt, same as the G.I.'s war. It's something that you don't want to miss. It's terrific. It has three secret compartments, a safe hiding place for your money, identification, letters, and photos. No chance of anybody finding out what you're carrying because there's a special flap that folds over on the inside, hides the pockets, so you're the only one who knows about them. You can wear this money belt under your coat or your jacket or on the outside, around your waist or slung over your shoulder. This is the genuine Army article in real khaki color with a full-size buckle, adjustable so it's sure to fit any size waist. Now, G.I.'s paid a dollar for theirs, but you get yours for only ten cents and one box top from a package of those crisp whole wheat flakes, Kellogg's Pep. That's a bargain you may never get again. Mail one dime and one box top from a package of Kellogg's Pep, along with your name and address fairly printed, to Superman, Box 251, Battle Creek, Michigan. This is the very last day of this offer, so don't get left out. Send your order in right away. This offer is limited to the United States. And now, the adventures of Superman. Becoming a famous baseball pitcher while suffering loss of memory, Superman was captured again by Big George Latimer and taken to a secluded farmhouse. There, a former Nazi doctor named Marsh fed him liquefied kryptonite, a strange metallic substance from the exploded planet on which Superman was born. This had originally caused Superman to lose his memory, and in another few hours, Marsh stated, he would be permanently disabled. But that afternoon, Batman and Robin traced their friend to the farmhouse, and after disposing of three of Latimer's henchmen, found Superman and Dr. Marsh in the cellar. After Batman knocked out the Nazi position, Robin locked the kryptonite in his lead case, releasing Superman from the power of its rays. This restored to the Man of Steel his strength, but not his memory. And at that moment, Latimer and several of his armed hoodlums burst into the cellar. Robin gasped... It looks like curtains for us, Batman. As we continue now, Superman, still wearing the baseball uniform of the Metropolis Titans, has stepped in front of Batman and Robin, who are packed against the wall. Latimer, halting a few paces away with his men, calls angrily to Superman. Listen. Get out of the way, you! No! You've got these fellows outnumbered ten to two. What's more, you're armed and they're not. I don't know who you are or who they are, but it isn't fair. You say change, Mr. Latimer. What'll we do, Mr. Latimer? Just stand back and keep them covered, man. I'll take care of this. Myself. He's moving toward the kryptonite. Batman, we've got to keep him from opening the box. I yes, want but... you to take one step toward me, and my men will finish you. What we do, Batman? He'll have the kryptonite in a minute. Quick, Robin. Grab hold of Superman's belt. What's the Do as I say. Now, Superman, listen to me. Do you want to help us? Why, yes, but why do you call ah, me Superman? my friend. Batman, look. Latimer's got the kryptonite. Superman, say, up and away. Then leap up. Leap up. Do what as for? I say. Please, hurry. Ah, Superman. I'll take care of you. And then Batman and Robin. Do what I told you, will you? Hurry, or we'll all be done for. Do it, Superman. Now, Superman, you're through. All right, I don't understand, but here goes. Up and away! upward as Batman has instructed Superman with his two costume friends clinging to his belt, zooms like a meteor, crashing through floors and ceilings and roof, and flashes up from the shattered farmhouse into the heavens like a mighty jet-propelled rocket. Higher, Superman zooms, and higher, 
And then, as Batman and Robin begin to turn blue and shake with cold, the pressure of the high altitude and the shock of rocket-like flight seems to explode a gigantic whirling pinwheel in the mind of the Man of Steel. For a moment, he gapes about him, looks down at the two costumed figures who cling to his belt. And then, slowly, the expression of stupefied amazement fades from his face, and he laughs aloud. <laughs> Superman, of course, that's who I am. Superman! Swiftly, then, the joyful Man of Steel clasps his arms about his two shivering, nearly unconscious friends, and plummets downward to a green, sun-bathed hill. Batman, Robin, snap out of it. Uh, I'm all right, I guess. Uh, well, Superman, you know us. I've recovered my memory, Batman and Robin, thanks to you two. Hallelujah, what is that close? One second more and Latimer would have finished all of us. You said it, Robin. Wait, Scott, I forgot about Latimer. He's still got the kryptonite. Uh-oh. That's right. Up with you fellows. And back to that farmhouse. Up and away! <laughs> Is the farmhouse, or what's left of it? Great Lucifer. It's collapsed like a house of cards. What happened? When I went up through it from the cellar, I must have wrecked it. Latimer's gang are caught under the wreckage. How about Latimer and Dr. Marsh? And the kryptonite. We'll find out in a moment. Stand back, you two. I'll have this mess cleared up in a moment. Away! Christopher Columbus, look at him clean up that mess back there. Talk about your human steam shovel. Yeah. Now, Robin, keep your fingers crossed that Latimer didn't get away with the kryptonite. What's up, Superman? Hey, look, Batman. He's found Latimer and Dr. Marsh. Right, and the rest of the gang. Are they alive? Most of the gang are, I think, but Latimer and his Nazi partner look done for. Uh-oh. They're lucky at that. They'd have gotten the electric chair if they survived this. Yes, either way, they were finished. Latimer wanted to be a Hitler in this country. Wanted to use his political power to discriminate against good Americans just because they attended a different church from his. Or because their skin happened to be a different color. Well, he finished up where Hitler did and Mussolini and all the other bigoted tyrants. That's right, Superman. Well, there's only one more thing to do before we get Inspector Henderson out here. Pick up that lead box, will you, Batman? Oh, yes, yes, the kryptonite. Well, what are you going to do with it, Superman? I'll show you. Up into my arms, you two. There. Now, out to the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Up and away! Let me have that lead box, please, Batman. Here you are, Superman. Thanks. Now, Bud Smith will pitch his last strikeout. Wow, look at it go. Goodbye, kryptonite. Down to the bottom of the ocean with you where you can never harm me again. There it goes under. And down to the bottom of the briny. Oh, boy, am I glad to see the last of that. You and me both, Robin. You and me both. Happily, Superman, Batman, and Robin watch the lead box containing the deadly kryptonite sink beneath the waves and out of Superman's life forever. A few hours later, once more in the business suit and spectacles of Clark Kent, the mild-mannered reporter, Superman has arrived at the Daily Planet and entered the office of Perry White. For a startled moment, the gray-haired editor Lois Lane and cub reporter Jimmy Olsen, who have been mourning the strange disappearance of their friend and colleague, stare at him in open-mouthed disbelief, as if they are beholding a ghost. And then, with glad cries, they fall upon him, wringing his hand, clapping his back, and firing a host of embarrassing questions. Clark! Oh, Clark, I'm so glad to see you. Glad to see you, Lois. Mr. Kent, I'm so glad I... I can hardly talk. Ah, easy, yes, Jim, easy. It really is you, isn't it? It certainly is, Jim. Well, 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 come on. I'll, I'll start talking. Oh, yeah, tell us all about it. Yes, what happened to you after you disappeared from the ballpark? Well, yeah, and we're Superman. Say, you really are that pitcher Bud Smith, aren't you? 
Well, uh, Why, of course I, he is. Listen, Gosh, Mr. Ken, how could you be such a great pitcher and home run hitter? Well, I... I That's I, what bothers me. Uh, what, what, do you play ball like, like Superman would? Oh, now, look. Yes, I, Clark, you've got to make this clear. What? How could you pinch and hit as only Superman could? Yeah. How, Mr. Kent? How could you do that? For the moment, Clark Kent is speechless as, with the questioning stares of his friends full on his face, he thinks hard and fast for a way out of this uncomfortable spot. As we continue now, Clark Kent, just returned from the Daily Planet after being missing for some time, is in danger of revealing his true identity as his friends press him with embarrassing questions. Tell us, Clark, how could you pitch and hit as only Superman could? Yeah, how about that, Mr. Kent? How could you do that? I can't explain. You see, I lost my memory about a month ago, and everything that happened during that time is is a blank, you might say. Now, wait a minute, Clark Kent. I'm sorry, Lois. But she was, Mr. Kent. Lord, here's... Lost my memory, I tell you. As a matter of fact, I'm starting to feel rather strange again. What? You are? Yes, I... I'll take it easy, Kent. I... Here, lie down on my couch. Oh, thank you, Chief. Listen, Clark. No I... more questions, Lois. No more questions. Don't you see the poor fellow's all in? You don't want to get amnesia again, do you? I was just going to ask him if he wanted a pillow. Do you, Clark? No, thank you, Lois. But please don't ask me any more questions. It sort of makes my head spin. Gosh, no wonder. After all you've been through. Yes, poor chap. Hmm. You know, something tells me we'll never find out exactly what happened. Oh, maybe someday I'll be able to tell you, Lois, but not right now. Not for a long time, I'm afraid. Chuckling to himself, Superman lies back on Perry White's couch and closes his eyes. The near exposure of his double identity averted, and the greatest threats of his life, the deadly kryptonite and big George Latimer, gone forever. So we leave Superman and all his friends, Batman and Robin, Perry White, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, and all the others, until September 29th, when they'll all be back with you in a new series of thrilling adventures. Remember the date, September 29th. Mark it on your calendar and be sure to join us again at that time, when we will bring you a new thrilling series of adventures with Superman. And now, here for a special word with you is Superman himself. Yes, this is Superman, and that special word is vacation. Starting today, I'm off for a vacation until September 29th, when I'll be back on the air again for the same good sponsor. So, see you September 29th. Meanwhile, happy holidays. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and will be brought to you again beginning September 29th every Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Today, eat Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Presents the adventures of Superman. Today, as our story opens, Superman himself, defender of truth and tolerance, faces a serious charge. A charge of treason against the government of the United States. But wait, listen. Young Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter on the Metropolis Daily Planet, is idly scanning the lines of a news flash coming in over the American teletype when suddenly he stiffens. 
He looks up just as Lois Lane, girl reporter on the paper, passes the door of the teletype room. Miss Lane! Miss Lane, come here! I'm busy, Jimmy. I'll tell you the lizards. Come here, quick. Good heavens. What's the matter? Well, read what's coming in on the machine. The Federal Bureau of Investigation today is four out of one for the arrest of Superman in... No. How about that? Quickly, Jim, tear it out of the machine and get it to the chief, but fast. Well, it's kind of tough to buckle down to schoolwork, sure. But you've got to do it to be smart. And you can start being smart right at breakfast with a Superman helping of Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Sure, you're smart to eat Pep. Because it tastes so terrific, it's fun to eat. So instead of starting off to school like this... You're bubbling over with fun like this. That's the idea. So tomorrow, pour out a whopping big bowl full of Kellogg's Pep, a Superman helping. Cover those crisp flakes of good whole wheat with plenty of milk or cream. Dust them with sugar and dig in. Good? Well, you'll make that Pep disappear like this. Well, maybe not that fast. But honestly, those flakes of Pep are so sweet and so crunchy and so downright good, they're super delicious. Yes, Pep's a real breakfast cereal. And say, Pep Help gives you the energy you need to get the most out of your schoolwork and your fun after school. So how about it? Tomorrow, every morning, make sure you eat plenty of those sunny flakes of good whole wheat. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. And now, the adventures of Superman. As we rejoin Lois and Jimmy now, they have just burst into the private office of Perry White, editor of the Daily Planet. Keith, Keith, read this. It just came in on the American Press teletype. The idea of barging into my office without knocking. Didn't there anybody There wasn't ever... time, Chief. Here, read Close it. Close that door. There's a glass. Close Jimmy, will you? Okay. Chief, will you read this, please? Read what? This wire flash. You just came in. Uh, where are my glasses? Where'd you put them? If I knew where I put them, I would give wit. I'd know where to find them. Chief, you've got to read this quickly. There's no time to wait. How can I read it without my glasses? Well, don't shout at me. Who's shouting at you? You are. I am not. Why don't you read it to him, Miss Lane? Well, that's the first intelligent suggestion I've ever heard you make, Olson. Gee, thanks. Well, go ahead, go ahead, read it, Lois. What to say? Well, hold on to the chair. Never mind about my chair. Read it. Okay, okay. The Federal Bureau of Investigation today swore out a warrant for the arrest of Superman in connection with... Now, a... if this is your idea of a gag, Lois... It's no gag, Honest, Chief. Chief. I saw it come in on the machine. A federal warrant for Superman's arrest? That's what it looks like. A warrant for the arrest of Superman in connection with... An offense against national security. Ah, they're crazy. They're out of their minds. Whether they are or not, it's still a page one story. Oh, where's Kent? I saw him go out a little while ago. No, why is it? He's never around when I need him. Why? What do you why? need him for? I can handle it. Okay, okay. Uh, Olsen. Uh, yes, sir? You get back to the type room and see if there's a follow-up on that flash. Right. And report to me as soon as you get something. You bet. Hi, Jim. Well, hi, Mr. Kent. Keep looking for oh, Really? Something up? Yes, Mr. Kent. Something you got. Go ahead and close the door. Well, what's all the excitement? Here, Clark, read this. Federal Bureau Investigation Warrant for Arrest of Superman. What? Oh, read the rest. Connection with offense against national security. Is this someone's idea of a gag? That's exactly what I said. And I repeat, it's no gag. Jimmy, I saw it come over the American press wire. Offense against national security? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Well, neither do we. Now listen, you get on the phone to FBI headquarters in Washington and... and... No, 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 never mind, never mind. Skip the phone, skip the phone. Uh, get on the first plane out of Metropolis. I and... won't need a plane. Oh, what do you mean, you won't need a plane? I want you to fly to Washington. Yeah, I know, I, I'll see you later. Now, wait a minute. Where do you think you're going? Find out what this is all about. So long. 
Striding swiftly through the editorial department, Clark Kent steps into an empty storeroom and locks the door behind him. Then, peeling off his street clothes and removing his horn-rimmed glasses, he stands revealed in the startling red tape and blue costume of Superman. Stepping to a window, he raises it quickly. Then, up, up, and away! Leaping high into the noonday sky, Superman takes a bearing from the sun. And then, like a giant red and blue arrow, streaks southward toward Washington, his brilliant shape streaming in the wind. A short time later, he's in a private FBI office with Charles Miller, a special agent, and an unidentified army officer wearing the wings of a colonel and the military intelligence insignia. Miller speaks. I want you to know, Superman, that we appreciate your having come in of your own accord. Serving a warrant on you might have been a little difficult. May I ask why you considered it necessary to issue a warrant at all? Whatever it is you want me for, don't you think a simple request for my appearance would have been enough? This happens to be a very serious matter. I, uh, I don't think we've been introduced, Colonel. Oh, I, uh, I'm sorry. This is Colonel Reed of Military Intelligence. Oh. How do you do, sir? How do you do? Now is the reason for issuing a warrant. Well, never mind that now. The, uh, the damage, whatever it is, has been done. What do you want? Colonel Reed would like to ask well, I'm you, sure the colonel can speak for himself, Mr. Miller. You're quite right. And the first thing I'd like to suggest is that you change your attitude. What? Change my attitude? Yes. As I mentioned a moment ago, the charge against you happens to be of a serious nature. What charge? You are accused of offense against national security. An offense which in time of war would be considered high treason. Height? <laughs> you know, this is really becoming quite humorous. There's nothing humorous about another war, Superman. What? And particularly now. As General Eisenhower said recently, if there's another war, the Earth and all the people on it will suffer the greatest disaster and catastrophe that man has ever known. Well, he's right. Everyone knows that. And no one wants war. Naturally. Well, then what's this all about? Why all this talk of war? Why don't we all use the same energy in working for peace? That's exactly what we're doing. Yes. It's in an effort to guard against war that we find it necessary to question you, Superman. Me? What have I done? Suppose you tell us. Suppose you tell us all you know about a secret aerial rocket. I beg your pardon. You heard me. What do you know about a secret rocket capable of traveling unlimited distances through space? A rocket a thousand times more powerful than the German V-2. And now being offered for sale to a foreign power which is not a member of the United Nations. Well, I don't know a thing about it. You deny having any knowledge of this rocket? Well, I most certainly do. Well, perhaps it might refresh your memory if I told you this rocket has a very interesting name. Oh, has it? Yes. It's called the Superman rocket. Well, what does that prove? That in itself proves nothing. But we have evidence that leads us to believe that you were responsible for designing the Superman rocket. Stunned and unable to believe his ears, Superman stares in wide-eyed amazement at Colonel Reed and Special Agent Miller. For some strange and unknown reason, he feels trapped and helpless, caught in a monstrous web of circumstance. Is it possible he does know something about the secret rocket? The answer is yes. Accused by Colonel Reed of being responsible for the design of a new secret aerial rocket bearing his name, Superman, alone with Colonel Reed and Special Agent Miller in an office of the FBI, has been struck speechless. Colonel Reed finally breaks the tense silence. Superman, suppose you tell Mr. Miller and me all you know about it. You might just as well, Superman. But this is incredible. It, it's, it's like a bad dream. Do you two men really believe I had anything to do with a, a rocket being offered for sale to a foreign government? 
possible, do you? Well, uh, it doesn't seem possible. In view of your previous service to the country, I must say it's a little hard to take. But we have the evidence. What evidence? The name of the rocket. Oh, anyone could have used my name. Plus a letter to a foreign agent in which it is stated that this rocket is based on an original design of a rocket belonging to you. Would you repeat that, please? We have a letter, or at least Mr. Miller has, written to a foreign agent offering the rocket for sale. In the letter, it is clearly stated that the rocket being offered is based on an original design of a rocket belonging to Superman. A, a rocket belonging to Superman? Did you ever design an aerial rocket? Design one? No, no, of course not. No, you don't seem quite sure. Well, I... I... I'm trying to think. Well, certainly you'd know whether or not you designed a rocket. After all, things like that. Wait, wait. Well, it could be. What could be? The rocket. The one you said was mentioned in the letter. Well, what about it? It could be my rocket. Then you did design one. No, but it could still be mine. It could still be the Superman rocket. Strangely, almost mysteriously, Superman admits that the rocket mentioned in the letter to the foreign agent might be his. What does he mean? Fellows and girls, this is only the beginning of one of Superman's most unusual adventures. Only the beginning of a puzzling mystery that day by day becomes more thrilling and more exciting. So don't miss a single episode. Tune in again tomorrow, same time, same station, when we learn what Superman meant when he said, It could still be mine. It could still be the Superman rocket. Don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode on The Adventures of Superman. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Today, eat Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Presents the adventures of Superman. Today, Superman, accused of treason against the national security of the United States, attempts to explain his connection with a new and secret aerial rocket. You say this aerial rocket is now being offered to a foreign government, Reed? Yes, and according to a letter in our possession, a letter written to an agent of the foreign government, your name is mentioned in connection with the rocket. In fact, it's called the Superman rocket. But, but that's impossible. I, I've never had anything to do with rockets. The letter states that the rocket being offered for sale is based on an original design of a rocket owned by you. A rocket owned by... By me? Yes. You deny it. Well, of course I deny it. Do you think for one moment that if I did own an aerial rocket of any value that... Wait. I just thought of something. Yes, yes, you're right. 
I did own a rocket. A Superman rocket. Now, before another minute passes, let's get the latest angle from the new quarter. You've all run foot races at school or with a gang, haven't you? But did you ever get off to a bad start? You tripped or something? Pretty big handicap, wasn't it? Well, it's the same way with your day if you have a breakfast that doesn't click in the taste department. Your day gets started wrong. But notice the difference when you sit down to a breakfast of Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. It's such fun to eat that it makes you more fun. Notice how cheerful Pep looks. Crisp, sunny flakes of good whole wheat, golden in milk or cream and frosty with sugar. <laughs> One look, and you'll be grabbing for your spoon. Then notice how well that Pep tastes. Crunchy and sweet and loaded with catchy flavor. It's super delicious. And when you finish up that pep, you've got a swell feeling. You've got a happy start on your day. Kellogg's Pep helps to give you energy, too. Helps keep you going through the day because Pep is full of get up and go. So tomorrow, every morning, eat a Superman thing of Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Kellogg's Pep, the super cereal. Super as in Superman. Now, the adventures of Superman. Appearing in Washington in response to a federal warrant for his arrest, Superman found himself being accused of negotiating with the foreign government for the sale of a new and secret aerial rocket known as the Superman rocket. At first, he denied the charge. But then, suddenly, a thought occurred to him. Turning to Colonel Reed, military intelligence officer who had been questioning him, he said... Yes, Colonel Reed, you're right. I did own a rocket. A Superman rocket. Then you admit the charges against you. I admit nothing. You tell me a letter written to a foreign agent mentioned the Superman rocket. Yes, and you admitted only such a rocket. Any attempt to deny it now will only... Just a minute, please. I'm not denying it, but I'm not admitting to any charges of treason. But if you admit owning the rocket... But I haven't seen it in 35 years. What was that? I said I haven't seen the rocket I'm talking about in 35 years. Well, I'm afraid I I don't know what you mean. No. No, probably not. But I'm going to clear it all up for you by telling you a strange story. The story of how I happened to come to Earth. I'm going to ask you to make use of your imagination and come with me on a far journey, millions of miles from the Earth, where once the planet Krypton shone like a green star in the endless heavens. Here, civilization was far advanced. It had brought forth a race of supermen, men and women like ourselves, but advanced to the absolute peak of human perfection. As we near Krypton, we see high walls and gleaming turrets. We approach the magnificent Temple of Wisdom with its dome of pure crystal shimmering like a diamond in the sun. Inside the temple, in a great marble hall, Jor-El, Krypton's leading man of science, is about to address a special meeting of the planet's governing council. White-bearded Roseanne, the supreme leader of the council, is calling for order. Attention, gentlemen. Attention, please. Members of the governing council, you have been summoned here on urgent business. As you are well aware, Krypton has been experiencing some strange phenomena. Only last week on the full moon, a great tidal wave threatened to engulf this city. There have been mysterious quakes and eruptions, some of which have done great damage. Since the safety and welfare of our people is the responsibility of the council, I therefore, as your supreme leader, request that Jorel, our brilliant young scientist, to investigate these phenomena and to determine, if possible, their cause. He is here with me on the platform, ready to deliver his report. Gentlemen, your speaks. Members of the Governing Council, I have completed my solar calculations, and much as I dread uttering these fateful words, 
I have come to the conclusion that Krypton is doomed. Gentlemen, 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 hear him out, please. Proceed, Jorel. These internal quakes we've been experiencing, these volcanic eruptions, the giant tidal wave Roseanne mentioned, all point to only one thing. The planet Krypton is utterly and finally doomed. Gentlemen, please. There is no cause for alarm. I am certain Jorel can explain these strange utterances. There is nothing to explain, Roseanne. Do you think I bring you this news gladly? Believe me, I wish with every fiber of my being that I were the bearer of more pleasant tidings, but unfortunately I'm not. I've worked long into the night for many nights, and there is no other conclusion that can be reached. Will it be there exists some error in your calculations, Jorel? No, Roseanne, there is no error. I've checked and rechecked a dozen times. The result is always the same. Namely, that Krypton is doomed. Yes. The sun is gradually drawing Krypton closer to it. Within a month, possibly a week, maybe even a matter of days, the gravitational pull will be so tremendous that Krypton will not be able to weather the strain. And then our great planet will explode like a giant bubble, destroying every living thing on it. Gentlemen, one moment, please. Now, Jorel, assuming for the moment that you what you say is true, how are we to avoid this horrible catastrophe facing us? How can we stop it? We cannot stop it, then. It is a force of nature that even we who are supermen are powerless to prevent. But we can escape. Escape? What do you mean? As you know, I've been working these many months on a model of a spaceship, an aerial rocket, which in its final form is designed to carry the entire population of Krypton to another planet. The model of the spaceship is almost completed. And within a day or two, I intend launching it on a test flight. If the flight is successful, which I am certain it will be, and if you will assign to me a thousand skilled workmen, I will construct a full-size spaceship before the end comes. It is all well and good to speak of spaceships and aerial rockets, Jorel. But where would we go? To what planet would we transport the population of Krypton? To the planet Earth. My studies tell me this planet has an atmosphere almost identical with our own. Jorel, you have been working too hard. You need a rest. Believe me, we have the utmost respect for your knowledge and integrity, but this is too much. Planets as large as Krypton do not explode like bubbles. Wait, wait, you hear that? I hear only a distant thunder. It's not thunder, Roseanne. It's an eternal eruption, gas exploding in giant pockets. You're listening to the forewarning of doom. Quakes like that are sounding the death knell of Krypton. It will happen and happen soon. When the last great eruption comes, when it comes, Jorel, we will all be ready for it. Very <laughs> well, laugh if you wish. Roseanne is you, members of the council. I have no time to My father and my even brother dear to me. It's not my intention to stand by and see them destroyed. Remember what I said, gentlemen, when Krypton is shattered into a thousand million pieces. When the glorious civilization we built is no more. When you and your families are swept from the face of Krypton like dust. Pale and trembling, the veins of his neck standing out like whipcords. Jorah screams a final warning to the members of the governing council, only to have it greeted by raucous laughter and mocking boos. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Telling the dramatic story of how he came to Earth, Superman has arrived at the point where Jor-El, his father, had issued a final warning to the members of the Krypton Governing Council, only to have it greeted by raucous laughter and booing. As we continue now, Roseanne, white-bearded leader of the council, is sounding the gavel for order. Order, gentlemen. Order, please. Members of the Governing Council, you've heard Jor-El speak. 
It is your wish that we devote time and energy to build a spaceship in order, as your eldest of guests, that the entire population of Krypton be transported to the planet known as Earth. No! No! Those in favor, say aye. The Council has spoken, Joyce. Yes. And signed the death warrant of every living thing on Krypton. There remains only one thing for me to do. Prepare for the salvation of my wife, Lara, my infant son, and myself. For the rest of you, may God have mercy on your souls. Stepping down from the platform, Jor-El leaves the Temple of Wisdom with the mocking laughter of the council members ringing in his ears. In tomorrow's exciting episode, we learn how he attempts to save the lives of his wife, his son, and himself, but fails. Don't miss tomorrow's episode to learn the amazing story of how Superman came to Earth. Be sure to tune in, same time, same station, for The Adventures of Superman. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine Steel. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!